Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of Echo Nest, the podcast. This, I think we should start just calling this Warren Sharp, the podcast, or Warren's Rants, or something along those lines, but I haven't, um, haven't made it there yet, I suppose. Um, I hope you all enjoyed the last episode, which was a kind of a brief introduction into ear training. Um, I actually literally just published it, uh, so that I could start working on this episode, um, which is going to be kind of half a rant and half a, uh, I don't know, um, like to start a discussion on this because I think it's something that needs to be addressed. Um, but yeah, uh, if you enjoyed the ear training or any of the other music theory stuff, that's the, uh, that's, you know, those are all topics I thoroughly enjoy, um, talking about and, um, also learning more, you know, um, I, I learn, uh, I, a good, a good teacher learns more from their students, right? Um, and, uh, so yeah, I would, I would love to hear, um, uh, any questions or uh, comments um, or even concerns about things that I got wrong, uh, things that didn't make sense. Um, but yeah, any kind of feedback would be great, please. Um, but anyway, so in this episode, I wanted to talk about the old, the, the classic thing um, that us guitarists uh, deal with pretty much any time we're, we're, we're in the used market. Which is you see an ad for an instrument that's at a not a good price, you know, too high of a price. You're looking at it for me, looking at some kind of guitar that's basically the price of it, brand new, maybe minus uh, huh, not even ten percent, right? And you're like, what the fuck's going on here? So you got to look because it's just, or in the crazy case when they're more expensive than the new price, right? But um, you gotta, so then you gotta look, cause you gotta be like, is this person crazy? Am I crazy? Am I looking at the wrong thing? What's going on here? And it turns out it's just as you suspected, it's just a standard instrument that you know how much it costs off the rack and how much it should have depreciated. And then you see it, upgrades. This I think is the, the classic thing that people have been debating about for years. The sellers always think that they're upgrades, that these things are universally good, or at least 95% of people are going to enjoy the quote-unquote upgrade that they had they had um, done to the instrument. Um, and then the buyers, of course, universally, almost universally at least, will say, fuck you. I would have rather had it stock, so now what you're doing is making it worse for me or just saying kind of finding the middle ground of like it's just not worth your up your quote unquote upgrades just aren't useful to me so I could care less about them so where do we fall on this what does any of it mean um I don't know And that's the episode. (laughs) So I think it depends, right? I think it completely depends. Personally, I think it depends. I know there's some people that I know, uh, maybe even some people listening to this, that will say it doesn't matter. I think if you truthfully look deep down, though, I think you'll say 
it 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 would depend um what if you found an instrument that had the exact modifications you were going to do with it well you don't get to do them which maybe is a a a bummer for some people i know i used to really really love doing all of my own modifications but now i i'm definitely okay with somebody else doing them um but anyway i don't know so maybe let's um let's dive into this a little bit and get some actual you know maybe some some data as opposed to just speculating on bullshit so um i guess there's a few examples of this that i can think of from recent memory that uh, makes sense to me so the first one is literally the one that made me want to do this episode which is a post i just saw on facebook marketplace it was for a 2006 gibson faded flying v um that was uh priced at fourteen hundred dollars um just to let people know there was a time when you would get when faded were brand new they were five hundred dollars now that that could be sales that could be whatever but i remember those numbers in my fucking head from when i was a kid this is literally 15 16 years ago but still so it's crazy to me that those guitars have gone up in value um they have gone up in value all of the faded series have gone up in value um because of a dumb shit article that was out uh and it was based on the faded les pauls not the sgs not the flying v's and not the eventual explorers that were put out it was specifically for and i think it was it was whatever the first year of the faded les pauls were because they were made different than the subsequent ones the original faded les pauls had the super thin finish on them. Uh, I actually don't think there was any nitro finish. It was just like, you know, sealed or whatever, and then made to a satin finish. They had one-piece bodies, two-piece tops, and one-piece necks. Those instruments have garnered a reputation of being the best Les Pauls made since the original bursts of 58 to 1960. Um, And the reason that people have said that in reviews is because the wood is able to resonate so much more because of the super thin finish that is basically there just to protect the wood that on top of being uh uh, one piece bodies one piece necks two piece um tops yeah that makes a lot of sense to me and that makes sense that that instrument if kept in good condition would appreciate in value because it is a super fantastic instrument and is also at this point nearly a vintage instrument so it should be valued at something higher okay so moving on to the sgs the flying v's and the unfortunate explorers of the faded series these instruments uh, from what I understand, all have the classic one-piece necks, but they do not have one-piece bodies. They don't even have two-piece bodies. These things are four, five-piece bodies. The flying V's, um, uh, the the the, I had um, I've had two flying V's, and it was a good instrument, but it's it is not a a the it is. 
my flying V I have now, which is a, a kit flying V, is a better instrument than either of those flying Vs. The SGs were fucking jokes, and the Explorers, the poor Explorers, those things were like three, four-piece bodies um, that only came in the brown, the worst color of the faded line, and um, it didn't have uh, a pick guard, or, th- or maybe they did have a pick guard, but I think they had the uh, switch. I think it was just the volume and a tone. It wasn't the classic configuration, which to me is so much part of the look. And then also the sound, how you can adjust the, the two pickups. So those instruments are not, they're, they're not made in the, the vintage style. So who gives a shit about them? The only ones that are really worth anything are the very first years that they made them they had the uh, gothic fretboards on them, probably just leftovers from the gothic series when they discontinued it. But those are ebony fretboards that I don't think have any uh, fret markers aside from a 12th fret. They have the, or no, I'm sorry, um, that's not true. Uh, they don't, um, they don't have the gothic uh, fretboard. They have, they have the, um, they have ebony fretboards, but the inlays are these half moon inlays uh, or a uh, crescent moon inlays. They're really beautiful. They're really cool, and they're on ebony fretboards, and that's awesome. And that, to me, is makes sense for it being more money because it's now kind of a collector's item. It's a rare piece. They're only made for one year in that particular style, and if that's what you want, well, you're going to pay extra for it. However, the ones that they made for, like, a decade after that are still being marketed as for, for over a grand. It's complete horseshit to me. I do not understand it. Um, Like five years ago, when I was uh, uh, playing in a a punk band, I got we. I remember we got we. We were like it actually. It might be like six or seven years ago at this point. But like, I remember one of the guys in the band bought a faded V for like three hundred dollars, and I remember we were all like yeah, that's a pretty good price. And then I think I traded a fucking avatar cab for it. And I was kind of on the fence about it because the avatar cab was a nice cab. And I just wanted like, I think that was my first, well, I, I had a, a flying V years prior to that, but, um, this was my, I guess my first time I was going to be get, you know, having a Gibson and, uh, being able to play on stage with it. So, um, anyway, whatever. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's crazy to me how much those things have gone up in in price. Okay. So aside from that though, uh, how much, or, or I guess what I'm saying is now even just finding a faded V you're still looking at over a grand for some reason. I, I really don't know why. Okay. So now the face back to the Facebook marketplace post, this motherfucker had upgraded the pickups, quote unquote, upgraded the pickups, had a different switch, uh, probably just redid all the electronics. I actually didn't even read the whole thing because I was just so pissed off. Changed the, got a, a custom pick guard that had like a strat style switch, uh, instead of the normal Gibson style. Um, and, uh, yeah, different pickups. I think it, 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 it had different tuners as well. Um, it had a black, uh, 
truss rod cover, but a white pick guard, that's fucking lame to me, but whatever, um, yeah, fucking not into it, $1,400, why, why is it $1,400, so the pickups look nice, they did look like they were upgraded Gibson pickups, maybe burst buckers, I don't know, even if they're classic 57s though, even if they're four conductor classic 57s, $1,400, it's a faded, those guitars just, they get beat up on when you're, when you're ringing them up, they just, they don't hold up that there's no finish. The wood is just getting dinged constantly. All right, whatever, whatever you have to say about that. So I'm looking at this guitar. It's, it's, it's absurd to me. There's just no way I would ever pay that much for a 20, 21st century Gibson faded flying V whatever okay so now you and I guess you know whatever you have to decide whether or not that's gonna be for you um oh and I I don't believe I saw a picture of a case maybe had the original gig back but I didn't see a case anywhere so that's not a good sign either um the uh the um the, it's bullshit it's just it's total bullshit to me what would you pay for that fucking guitar right like what like right now what would you pay for that even if you're looking for one i just can't imagine that you're going to pay that much now it has the upgrades done the pickups are having the pickups having nice tuners um having just all the you know the rest of the uh, electronics redone that's all nice the blade switch instead of the normal gibson style switch okay whatever um, but like, I don't know if this motherfucker put $400 into the pickups, hundred dollars into the tuners. Okay, cool. So it's a $900 guitar with, with $500 worth of upgrades. I don't know. It's just, it's still, it's not even a $900 guitar to me. That wood is not worth $900 to me. Um, but whatever, you know, just gotta... I guess I just have to keep saying that, or I feel like I have to. I get crazy over used prices. It doesn't make any sense to me. Okay, so this is where I, um, where I now completely flip and go, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted. I will pay more for that. So, recently, I have been looking for a Jackson Randy Rhodes 7-string. Just always wanted one, especially with the reverse headstock. And uh, that's a style that came... I don't know when it came out. It's, I think it's the RRX 24-7, I think is what it's called. Um, it's, a, uh, uh, it's a neck through, uh, 24 frets, um, and it comes with a, a, a double locking trim, right, or whatever. So I was like, oh, cool. So I'm looking around at these. They're in black, obviously. Um, the pickups that they come with, even today, I think are... Uh, back of the day, but I think still today, are just Duncan design seven string pickups. They're pretty trash. You know, they don't have any, there's no dynamic range. They don't have much of an attack. The frequency spectrum on them is kind of weird. They're just not good. So they have to be replaced pretty much immediately. Um, so I knew whenever I found one, I was going to have to put another like 150 into the pickups. 
uh, so I'm looking around at the guitars, and they're anywhere from, uh, like, four to six. Definitely trying to find one for four. Um, and then, uh, and then I find one that's in pretty good condition, but with Fishman Fluences in it already. Now, for me, I, I love the Fluence pickups. I think they're super fantastic. Um, so I was super jazzed with it. Look at the price, though. seven fifty. That was a little more than I wanted to pay in total for the instrument. But I thought to myself, well, it's in good condition. It's already got uh, the electronics I probably wasn't going to get because they're too expensive. But it has them. This is fantastic. So I actually bought it. I put it on a payment plan and uh, bought the guitar. And unfortunately... The, the dicks at this particular music store sent me a message saying that they couldn't ship it anymore and they refunded me and which fucked up everything because I, I you know you put something I put it on a payment plan a PayPal payment plan and um, yeah then the uh, fuckers just took it away from me <laughs> so it fucked everything up for a few days pretty lame um Eventually, I found one in much worse condition that needed to have the pickups, but it was substantially less, so everything worked out. And uh, even with the pickup upgrades, I think I ended up saving about $200 on it. So I guess everything worked out in the end. Uh, I ended up getting uh, Seymour Duncan a uh, uh, Nazgul Sentient set. So yeah. Um, but that was that was one of the very rare times when I saw a guitar that had been quote-unquote upgraded and I was like hell yeah that's it um but I had a bunch of my friends were telling me not to get that because the upgrades aren't worth anything and it's like well I guess they're not technically like the way that people treat the market but to me that's totally worth it and felt like it was kind of split on the uh, discord where it was you know, half of the people were saying, yeah, if it's what you want, then go for it. And the other ones were like, no, it's just, it's not good. Just don't do it. You know, regardless, you're paying too much money for it. Um, and you know what? Oddly enough, both sides are right. So it was kind of an interesting thing. I think we really do need to start evaluating the upgrades though, that are in a guitar for what they are. And then I think you need to make the decision of whether or not it's good for you. I know that I used to ask um, people, uh, especially when I used to do more stuff on Craigslist, I they would have the upgrades and I would say, do you have the stock pickups? And if they said yes, I was like, would you put the stock pickups in and take off this much money or whatever? Because I, I, you know, if they, especially if they had put in some like super hot DeMarzios, this is also years ago before I was playing sevens and eights. Um, like if I'm buying a Les Paul or some Les Paul style guitar or like a Strat style guitar, I don't want super hot pickups in it. I want vintage sounding things. So I would say, do you have the stock ones? Can you put those in and you keep those things and we'll just go from there. Um, that almost never worked, but I don't know. It's just one of those things. Well, I'm at my uh, practice space. I'm going to pick up some things, and um, I will uh, catch y'all later. All right, so I'm back, picking up stuff from the practice space. Uh, grabbed an amp and a cab, um, because I'm going to 
for some for an upcoming gig. Uh, gonna be using for the the Rush Band some upcoming Rush Band stuff. We're gonna do. Um, I'm trying to use a, an open back uh, combo, and I'm gonna put um, uh, an overtone speaker in there. Uh, overtone Audio, which is a, a company. Um, based out of North Carolina, that makes a 300-watt EVM-style speaker. Um, and uh, I really like it. Um, I can talk about those more in a second, I suppose. Uh, uh, or maybe on another thing, or I don't know. And then I um, uh, also picked up one of my heads, because I think I I want to put the head into the cab. I have a Slant 6 which is a mine is a 6L6 based amp and I have that in in the cab right now and I really like it but there's something about EL34s they're just like they're they're just the sound of classic rock um and um I just I like I just like what 34s do for rock music for uh for a a guitar in rock music more um seem to just push it in forward in the mix more even when it's cranked um where 6Ls don't really do that um but whatever uh but the the so the slant I think is going to go back in a head cab I think I'm going to put one of my L motos um I think my 50 watt one into the uh combo amp and then I think I'm going to be driving um a uh uh, a cab, an eight ohm cab, a four eight ohm four twelve cab, and then a uh, an eight ohm uh, open back combo thing. I think that's the idea right now. The fifty watt that I have also is a tube rectified. I think I'm going to order a solid state rectifier for that to try that out. Um, I did have two tube rectifiers in it, and that was cool. But it, um, uh, I don't know. It's fine. Um, though it doesn't sound that much different with just having the one rectifier. And I think I, I think that the rectifiers draw so much current that you really only want to have one of them or something. But anywho, so I just wanted to finish this up. But I said I started talking about my amps and stuff for three minutes. Um, but yeah, I guess to sum up the stuff that I was talking about. I, 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 I don't really know what to do. I think we do need to value things appropriately. Um, but I also think that we need to, uh, maybe take a step back as to what we're doing and maybe price things a little bit better. Um, I don't think there's any shame either in a person like listing something really low. Well, Okay, so maybe there is shame in this, but like listening something really low, having a bunch of people ask about it, and then you taking it, then the person just taking it off the market and saying like, oh shit, like don't screw yourself over because you're uneducated in something. Um, don't be an asshole about it. Uh, I guess to be honest with you, I was an asshole about it one time when I was a kid. Um, so I had gotten a made in Mexico strat, but it was a really nice one. 
it was a made in Mexico strap though. So I listed it for $250 on Craigslist. This is over 10 years ago. I actually might even had it cheaper, but I, I had it up there and within like, within like a couple hours, my email was filled up with people just wanting this guitar. And so instead of just selling it, which would have been honorable, I suppose, although stupid. Um, and instead of just taking it down and being like, huh, I was a straight up asshole and emailed, did a mass like email to all those people just saying like, Hey, listen, uh, y'all seem to want this. So whoever gives me, whoever offers me the most money, I will, uh, I will take. That was a straight up douchebag thing to do. If I wanted to auction it, I should have put it on eBay or I should have listed it somewhere that would have done that. I got a bunch of emails after that that were just like, fuck you, fuck you for this bait and switch piece of shit. Rightfully so. Um, and I ended up trading that guitar for a fucking Epiphone Explorer, a goth, Epiphone Gothic Explorer, which was such a bad choice, but whatever. Okay. So, um, anyway though, but yeah, I, I think that you need to, I think that we all need to, um, kind of take a step back at crazy prices on reverb and whatever, and list things more appropriately. Um, I think we need to value what someone has done to an instrument, um, accordingly. Uh, but I also think that if you don't think it's worth it, then, you know, let them know. Uh, tell me you're not interested in this and you're willing to do this workaround for it. Um, and that way everybody gets to keep the most money. But, um, yeah. Um, so anyway, as always, uh, actually not as always, this might be the first time. Please follow the, uh, the podcast. Um, it's such a huge thing to, uh, get numbers up. Um, it's just, a uh, if even if you made it this far, um, well, you know, I guess, uh, you're, you like something, so you might as well just, uh, like it and we'll, we'll kind of keep discussing bullshit like this. Um, but yeah, uh, getting numbers up is, um, unfortunately it's such a huge thing for, um, uh, small independent artists. And as someone who has no financial backing from anything, I am as independent as it gets. So, um, please like, and, uh, 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 follow the podcast, uh, follow echo nest, the musical project on Spotify, and then please follow us on uh, Instagram and Facebook and, uh, and TikTok. and, um, doing all that will, uh, maybe take 20 seconds out of your day. It's completely free for you. And it helps me and the band out immensely. So, uh, thank you for everyone who has done that. And, um, yeah, we will see you on the next one later on.